is good. He is very good. This morning we're going to continue uh, our series we started the first of the year on mercy. Because we we told you, and, and I guess we made this statement, that this was the year the church needs to do what? Promote the mercy of God. Promote the goodness of God. He is good. Amen. I see Brian sitting back there after his surgery. He called me the other day, and the doctor was very amazed with his recovery. He had major back surgery. Amen. And, and Brian said he's going to buy all of us a chair like that. Just don't go to sleep, Brian. Don't go to sleep. But we, we need to do that. And, and I, I asked Abe, the, the music that he chose today, because I want us to begin to see God, and as we should, as every believer should, when you're born again, you need to recognize he's a good, good father. And if you were raised by good parents, you were blessed. I had a good, good natural father. He was, he was a, you know, a businessman, and he worked a lot, but he always had time for me. So I never grew up with this image that my, that, you know, my natural father was good. So when I gave my heart to Jesus, I, I just transferred that. I knew my heavenly father was that much even better. And those young people that weren't raised, were broken homes, you know, didn't have a natural father. Maybe they have a harder time understanding that. That's why we want to take the time. I want you to look in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9. I want you to put that, the mercy, those definitions. Would you put that up there as the people are turning to Jeremiah? There we go. When we speak of God's mercy, we gave you some descriptive words. And so when you think of God's mercy, you need to think of his loving kindness. Say loving kindness. Say unfailing love. Steadfast covenant love. Say it with me. Tenderness, forgiveness, faithfulness, pity, compassion, and active desire to remove the cause of distress in others. We said there was, that's at least five or six times in the Bible recorded of Jesus when people were healed miraculously is because his heart was moved where? The bowels of mercy. And he reached out and healed people. So, yeah, there we go. There's Jeremiah 9.23. And let me read this to you. It says, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord exercising mercy or loving kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. The Amplified says it this way, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me personally and practically, directly discerning and recognizing my character. Did you get that? Recognizing what? My character. That I am the Lord who practices mercy, or loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. You, you read this scripture, and, and you, we, we gain this understanding, this truth, that wisdom, power, and wealth 
pales in comparison to knowing God intimately. True success comes by knowing him and understanding his true character. Let me say that again. True success comes by knowing him, understanding his true character. See, if you think God is evil and he's just up there with a, a, a big stick ready to whack you when you miss it, you don't understand his character or his true nature. This knowledge of the Father's true character only comes through intimate fellowship. You're never, and I will never, understand fully how what a, a good, good father he is. Unless I spend, unless you spend time with him. Did you hear me? You're not going to understand his mercy and speak his mercy as I've said we need to do this year. There's a world out there that needs God's mercy. We have people in Washington, D.C. that need God's mercy. I was was reading the scripture. Let me see if I can find it quick. I want to read it to you because I, I just read it this morning, and, and uh, it, it kind of made me think. In Ezekiel 33, verse 11, this is what he said. Ezekiel said, say to them, as I live, says the Lord God. Now, this is God speaking. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from the, his way and live, Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? See, God loves the wicked. And we're sitting there, and I'm watching Fox News, and I'm making these comments about Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and all the rest of them, because I'm angry. But, but you, I want you to think about that. God loves them, even though they're deceived. God loves them. He's a merciful God. So, you, you, you and I have got to, in the days ahead, this year, please, I'm begging you, spend time with God. Open your Bible and read it. What are you doing sitting back here? Are you scared of me? Spend time in prayer. Spend time talking to him. Even when things, you know, aren't going right, pour your heart out to him. Let him know how you feel. Get on your knees. Shed a tear, whatever. Spend time with God because he loves you. And he wants to reveal to you and your family that he's a good, good father. A loving, heavenly father. Now, it will be difficult for the believer to promote God's God's goodness and mercy this year unless he has revelation of his true nature. That's why we're going to spend time week after week going over the goodness of God, the mercy of God. I wanted to get it on the inside of you. I want to build that on the inside of you. God's true nature. And it's going to take some time because sometimes we're warped in our thinking what God is really like. Now, 
Let me just use this as an analogy. Let's see. Let's do it this way. Who's been married the longest here? We've been married 38 years, right? Anybody beat that? How long, Jan? 50. You don't know? 45, you too? So you got us beat. Now, when I met her, at a t- I'm from Fairbury. We were at a teacher's party. I wasn't impressed with her, and she wasn't impressed with me because I was a very loud, brash, huh, a show-off. I was? I was with all my old drinking buddies at a part teacher's party, and she happened to show up. She was the new teacher from Moral Roberts University. I thought she was a wallflower. That's what I thought of her. She just sat there. She wasn't any fun. But see, God had a plan, and God put us together, and we were married in less than a year. Off to Rama, off back to, I worked at Oral Roberts. She taught at Oral Roberts. I went to Rama. I thought I knew her. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. I want you to understand. I thought I, what, I thought I really had her figured out. And I've been married to her 38 years, and I can say I don't have her figured out. How long have you two been married? You're not married. Okay. Well, then enjoy it while you can, huh? (laughs) I thought I knew her. And there were some things about her that I really admired. Well, the one thing, the one word stood out was her strength, strength. But the longer I spent time with her and fellowship with her, I really got to know her. Now, what's one, one thing about Dennis that you liked when you first met him? He, consistency and steadiness. See, same thing. How about, how about you, Brian? Why did you marry her? Huh? She was a babe. We, yeah, we've all gotten older. What, what, did, what did you like about Steve? One word. When you first married him. Did he have more hair back then? <laughs> he was fun. Yeah. Okay. What, you young ones, what what do you, what'd you like about her? Oh. <laughs> okay, let's hope you say that after 38 years then. How about you two? What did you like about her? <laughs> she kept him out of trouble. She's still keeping him out of trouble. But the longer I was married to her, I, I not only her strength, but I her strength and her spirit, but her character. And I wrote some words down about her. And most of them are all good. I found out I discovered she was loyal. If she's your friend, she will be loyal. Her, she was diligent. She was faithful. She was resourceful. Creative. I've learned more about her creative ability the last probably 10 years. She is a good steward, very good steward of money. I mean, she's very 
tight with the finances of the church. I learned that she was sentimental. She and I both are very sentimental about our backgrounds, about our family history, where we came from. She's putting scrapbooks together so the boys will have a history of their family. One thing I learned early on, she's very competitive. You think she's quiet? Oh, my God, she's cutthroat. She's competitive. She's honest. And then the last few years, I've learned she's really stubborn and opinionated. That's my wife of 38 years. But why do I know all that about her? Because I I spend time with her. Through the good times and the bad times. And that's the way you need to be with your Heavenly Father. You must spend time with Him. The only way you're going to discover God's nature and His merciful character is through this book. Okay? Now, let me give you some scriptures. I've got got a lot of them. Um, Look at Exodus 33. I'll have you turn there. Then I'll just read them to you for the sake of time. Exodus 33, and without, I was going to read all this to you, but for the sake of time, I won't. But you can read at some point, maybe, Exodus 33, chapter 1 through 23, and then read chapter 34, 1 through 7, because this is the incident. You remember um, Moses had a desire to know God? intimately, okay? And Moses had a talk with God, and he's saying basically, you know, he said this. He says, now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way. Everyone say, show me your way. I'm in Exodus 33. Well, it's in verse 12. She's also a wife that will speak up. And let me know, okay? Um, verse 12, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, that you may also find grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you. Moses wanted to what? Know God. And that I might find grace in your sight and consider this nation as your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Moses said in verse 15, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Boy, he just, can you imagine being that bold with God? For how then will it be known that your people have, and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us, so we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. For the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you've spoken. For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please, (laughs) please what? Show me your glory. Now, let me read this to you. This isn't in my Bible, and it's excellent. It's called Growing and Knowing. Moses' passionate plea to see God's glory is one of the most intimate encounters between a man and God ever recorded. His request is not for a display of God's power or even the warmth of His presence, but he hungered for something more. 
Moses wanted an intimate knowledge of God himself. This is why God hid Moses in the cleft of the rock and manifested his glory. So Moses was not only exposed to the light of the divine afterglow, but enraptured by the fullness of his person, his character. Everyone say character. The one who's compassionate, gracious, and just. Yes, Moses had received God's promises, seen God's power, been guaranteed of God's presence. Now listen, but Moses wanted God's person. I like that. The only reality that will ever evoke a lasting sense of wonder and fulfill with lasting satisfaction. Psalms 103, it says, God made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to his children. See, the Israel saw the miracles, all the signs and wonders. But, but Moses saw God's ways. He asked to know his character. What made God God? And this is, and you go on to chapter 34. Moses had to make some new tablets because he had a temper tantrum. He had a temper. Remember, what do you do with those first set of tablets? Throw them down, broke them. Amen? Remember what he did with the rock where the water gushed out? He was supposed to speak to it. What did he do? He whacked that thing. And I understand why he whacked it. I've wanted to whack things through the years too. So the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I'll write on these tablets. Now listen, this is funny. I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. I like that. So be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. No man shall come up with you and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let's let neither flocks nor herds feed before the mountain. So he cut two table, tablets of stone like the first ones. And Moses rose early in the morning, went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now, verse 5. Here's where God comes down. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Now look at verse 6. And the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, what? Merciful and gracious long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for what? Thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. So Moses made haste, bowed his head toward the earth, and worshipped. You think about that. Moses caught it. Now, God couldn't have revealed his whole glory to Moses because he would have died. But God, the Father, proclaimed his character. Think the seven or eight characteristics. I'm not going to go through that, but I want you to see mainly the Lord is merciful and gracious. Say merciful and gracious. In fact, Psalm 25 
Verse 4, David said, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. So he got it. He really wanted to know God the Father. And I want you to see, we're going to sing it in the, in the weeks ahead. We're going to talk about it. What a good heavenly Father he is. For God so loved the world that he gave. Amen? His only begotten Son. Say, my Father is a good Father, full of mercy. Amen? Now, let me read to you some scriptures. You don't need to turn there for the sake of time. I'm just going to go through and read them to you. And I want you to listen to them because God the Father is proclaiming who he is, what he's like. 2 Corinthians chapter 1-3, he's referred to as the Father of mercies. Say, Father of mercies. Psalm 119 verse 14 says, The earth is full of his mercy. If you ever need God's mercy, remember, the earth's full of his mercy. Psalm 103, verse 4, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know, you can make that as a faith declaration. My God crowns me with loving kindness daily and tender mercies. Here's another one. Verse 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Psalm 37, 26, he is ever merciful all the day. Say all the day. And lands and his descendants are blessed. Lamentations 3, 22, it says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. See, that made any difference how you went to bed the night before, how you screwed up the day before. You wake up the next day if you have a repentant heart. You need to understand his mercies are new every day for you. That's good news. Because I need God's mercy. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 13. But you are God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. But you are God ready to pardon. He's ready to forgive you. Do you hear me? God is ready to forgive you and I of my sin and your sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to what? Forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James chapter 5 and verse 11. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Now, what happened to Job? We don't need to go into that. A lot happened to him. But at the end of the story, what happened to him? You remember what happened to him? He, had, he received twice as much. He was blessed twice as much as God blessed him in the beginning. But he got it. The Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Titus 3, verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. You and I here today, if Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you're here today, born again, born of his Spirit, because of his mercy. 
He's gotten you and I through some tough times. Kathy taught we went through some tough times. Everyone goes through tough times. But God is faithful. His mercy is new every day. He'll see you through the tough times. Too many people throw the towel in too quick. Now, let's close with this scripture. I'm going to make you turn there. I want to read it to you. Look at Micah. My son Micah. I'm Michael, one who's like his God. Micah is a derivative of that, one who's like his God. So you need to remind yourself, Micah, that you're like your God. Not so much like your father, but like your God. This is a wonderful passage of Scripture. We're talking about God's mercy. We're talking this morning about his nature, his true character, and how you need to see him this way. Verse 18. Micah chapter 7, the end of the book. Who is, a, who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he what? Because he what? Delights in mercy or he delights in loving kindness. Oh, people. Get it in your heart. Get it in your brain this year that God delights in mercy. He's a God of compassion. In fact, put that definition up there, the first one, would you please? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. Now, you know this scripture. You've heard this before. You will cast some. (laughs) What's it say? You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy or loving kindness to Abraham, which you've sworn to our fathers from days of old. God, I want you to see this. He delights in mercy. Say, my God delights in mercy. Well, he not only delights in mercy, he delights in loving kindness. He takes delight in unfailing love, steadfast covenant love. He delights in being tender towards you, forgiving towards you, faithful towards you. He delights in having pity on you and having compassion. And he delights in removing your distress your pain, and your suffering. That's the God we serve. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, I do. There's a quiet bunch today. Is it the cold? Is your brain frozen or whatever? They're off. This is good stuff I'm telling you today. I mean, you don't need to leave here, shed a tear, and go cry in your beer. You need to leave here today knowing God loves you. He has a plan for your life. The thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord of hosts, are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future, a hope, and expected end. Are you worried, Pastor, about the impeachment? Nope. Are you worried about the election? Nope. The good work God's begun in Donald Trump, he's going to finish it. 
The good work that God has begun in you and I, he's going to finish it because he's a God that loves us and he's a merciful heavenly father. Let's stand to our feet. I want to make a declaration. I got a short one here. I'm going to have you doing this, you know, probably week by week because you, you've, got to, you've got to believe what I'm telling you. And the only way you're going to believe what I'm telling you is to speak it. Say it with me. I am fully persuaded that what God has promised, He is able to perform. I will pray like it. I will believe like it. I will talk like it. I will act like it. I will allow Jesus to have command and rule in my life this year. Now, wait a minute. Should we say that last one again? I will allow Jesus to have command and rule in my life this year. Say it. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. You believe that? Amen, amen, amen. Is there anyone here? And do you, Julie, do you have? Okay, we'll do that. Did you want to set it up? Okay, give her a mic. Is there anyone here today you need prayer for your physical body? Prayer for your physical body. Brian, I don't need to pray for you. You've already been prayed for. You're, you're, 